Welcome to Tubonga Tax, your all-round podcast on taxes. Here we unpack the tax jargon and provide you with information that you need to stay ahead on tax matters. I'm your host, Alan Madoka. Now, today we are joined by Mr. Nixon Omondi. Nixon is from the Domestic Taxes Department, which is, of course, part of the Kenya Revenue Authority. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nixon. Thank you so much, Alan. I'm pleased to be here. Now, today we are talking about the hottest topic that is on everybody's tongue this year, especially those who are in the online sphere, those who are trading online, those who are anywhere in the digital sphere. It's called digital service tax. Nixon, please tell us. We've had so many things out there. Tuambia Ukweli, what is this digital service tax? Alan, I can tell you the debate can only get hotter. Digital service tax, just as the name suggests, is a tax on service. Any service that is done online, and, and by saying that, we mean a service that can only be done through an electronic means. Again, there's also the, 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 the platforms that do intermediation, uh, platforms that connect buyers and sellers, but we're looking at electronic platforms. So basically, when you look at digital service tax, broadly, we can say it's a tax applicable on digital services, services that can only be done through electronic means and or uh, platforms or digital platforms that connect buyers and sellers. And when you look at the digital service tax, uh, we are looking at a range of services, even after giving the broad categories. We are looking at services to do with electronic data management. You and me, we know that nowadays we prefer our information, even on your mobile phone, to be kept on the cloud. And, and sometimes uh, when the free uh, space is done, you are asked to pay for additional space so that you continue to keep your nice photos and information. So if, if, if that data is kept for you electronically and you pay for it, then the recipient of that income is required to account for digital service tax. We also have services such as streaming of music, videos, uh, online TV channels. Uh, now we have the Internet Protocol TV. We have online learning and online courses and many other services that go together with the, you know, the ones that have to be provided through electronic means. Thank you very much, Nixon. So you're saying that services such as, uh, for example, the Kenyan example, we would say uh, Gigi, Jumia, Kilimall, Checky Online, Pigiami, Glovo, Maidawa, Viusasa, uh, even uh, non-resident companies such as Uber and uh, Netflix, all of those will be charged under this tax? You are right, uh, but let me uh, explain clearly Please for the do. benefit of our listeners and our dear uh, taxpayers. Uh, I say that DST is a tax on service. So goods are not subject to digital service tax. I know some of those platforms are, are used to transact goods and services. Uh, what we are looking at in the digital service tax is the platform earner or the person who provides the platform. That is the person who is liable to digital service tax. But if I buy my dawa, uh, my, 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 my drug online, that is a good and it will not be subjected to DST. Let me take a clear example just to make it, uh, you know, to drive the point home. Please do. If I want to buy a nice shirt and I go to Jumia platform, 
and I choose and I see that the color, you know, it looks pleasing, okay, the size is fine, then I move forward and order for that shirt. When that happens, I pay the amount depending on, the, on, on how Jumia structured the payment process. I can do credit card by which the money might be going to Jumia or to the vendor. Or I might be paying through M-Pesa or cash and again at the end of the day I know some amount will go to the vendor and another amount will be going to Jumia. But essentially the amount that goes to Jumia is a charge on the vendor, the person who is selling the shirt. Is the person who is paying Jumia for using their platform to earn an income by selling the shirt. So in that case, it is Jumia that is offering a digital service which is subject to digital service tax. So if Jumia, for example, uh, in the agreement with the vendor or the seller of the shirt, is that they earn 10% as an example, then that 10% Jumia is earning is what is subject to digital service tax. Let me give you another example. Uh, for example, Nixon, mm, let's say I'm Alan and I decide I want to set up a YouTube channel. Yes. This channel will be monetized and I have a very big following, right? And let's say I'm talking about tax on my YouTube channel yes. and I get a big sponsor, right? Maybe from a tax agency or a tax specialist or a tax consultancy on my YouTube channel. Now, will I be charged DST is question number one as the holder of that channel. And number two, will YouTube also be charged that DST? Will it be one of us or both of us? And if both or if one, why? Very good question. Uh, sometimes it's important to break down that transaction into the different components. Yes. Then you'll be able to understand uh, the incidence of, of, of DST. Uh, there are many models that will apply to that scenario. If I'm the one who is uh, uh, the holder of the, of the page, there are cases where I have a following and YouTube will be paying me because of the following that I have and because they are able to advertise through my page. In that case, I am acting as a platform. I'm connecting YouTube and advertisers or with companies that would like to advertise. If YouTube is going to pay me because my page has good following that they are using to advertise, I'm a platform owner and I've explained earlier, the income I'm earning from YouTube is subject to digital service tax. There's also the scenario where uh, the person who is advertising his product or his service, like the accountant, who is advertising his consultancy services, has to pay YouTube because YouTube needs to get a way in which to advertise for those services. So YouTube is also earning through a digital platform and therefore it's also subject to digital service tax. Then the last scenario is where an entity approaches you directly because they know you are influential. That's why we call them social media influencers. Given that you have a large following, you are influential. They simply tell you to put up a video with maybe their product. Okay? And, and we know that because you're an influencer, many people might end up buying that product. You're actually advertising on behalf of that entity. And if they're going to pay you to do such a video or to put up such a product in, their, in, in, in your page, then 
you are actually earning through a digital platform as well. You are providing a digital advertising or a digital service also liable to digital service tax. And in each of those scenarios, the person who is liable or the person who accounts for digital service tax is the earner, the person who is earning by providing those digital services. If it is the platform, the platform owner. If it is uh, also the platform as advertising for another entity, it is you who is being paid who is liable and should pay the digital service tax. You know what? I don't think you could have put that any clearer. So guys, it's, it's, it's how he said it. You know, if YouTube gives you 10K at the end of every month for your channel, which you've monetized, then that means KRA should be paid 150 shillings, which is 1.5%. Am I correct? Yes, you just do 1.5% of how much you're earning from YouTube. If it is 1,000, we expect 15, Bob. If you're earning 10,000, we expect 150. And, and it's simple, simple mathematics. I don't think we need quadratic to solve that, Mr. Alan. Do we? Thank you so much. And actually, we've touched on the next question for you, which is, what is the rate? And could you, in technical terms, please tell us, what is the rate of this DST? Thank you so much, Mr. Alan. I'm pleased that uh, the government, in its wisdom, uh, led by Our Excellency, President Uhuru, uh, saw it better to put a very favorable rate, lower than the rates in all other jurisdictions that have implemented DST. If you look at what is in India, they do 6%. You look at UK, France, Italy, Hungary, they are doing between 2 and 3%. Our rate is the lowest in the region, 1.5%. So that rate will be applicable on the gross transaction value. And this gross transaction value can be defined differently. If you are connecting buyers and sellers, for example, the Jume example that we looked at earlier, basically you're earning a commission because you're enabling someone to sell goods on your platform. So you earn a commission or a fee. And for that purposes, if you're doing intermediation, uh, your gross transaction value will be the commission or the fees. But if you are providing pure digital services, for example, I'm, I'm providing a software. For example, I do softwares in which people are able to pay me and download. So they buy a license for them to download from a certain uh, you know, portal or website. Then the gross transaction value is the consideration received. Uh, to, to, to download that software. Uh, there are also cases where, uh, for example, if uh, you use some of these uh, taxi hailing platforms, there are situations where it's like the first ride is for free or the value is so low, uh, lower than the market rate, that is still taken as the consideration. There are people also who provide digital services for free. Uh, maybe an example would be people who give information generally on social media, on Twitter, you know, uh, people who are just there to help the citizenry on different cases. If they are not monetizing those kind of channels, then the consideration in those cases are actually zero. So there's no DST. So it's based on what you receive for the services that you offer. And just to go clarify something quickly before we move on. So you're saying those who are taxed, right? Those who are taxed for digital service tax are both Kenyan or local digital service providers as well as foreign digital service providers or how is it put in the law? Very true. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that at least we've moved from defining what a digital service is 
the rate and how it's applied. It's applied. Now, uh, this tax is applicable on, in technical terms, in tax, we talk of residents and non-residents. I want to explain the two shortly. Residents are people who have physical presence in Kenya. Uh, when you look at the tax laws generally, you are present in a jurisdiction if you are there for a certain period of time. Physical presence. So if you are present, we say you are a resident. There are also people who are present, yes, but they are not registered or incorporated, especially for companies in Kenya. We say that they are residents, they are non-residents, but with permanent establishments. But there are also people who completely are not having a physical presence in our country. And that is one of the issues that uh, comes with digitalization. You're able to operate in jurisdictions without necessarily having a physical or forming a physical presence. We say that you are a non-resident without permanent establishment. This tax is applicable to everyone, provided you provide digital services. And if you are a resident, uh, what in, in layman's language you can say is a local, you will be doing the digital service tax as an advanced tax. Then come the end of the year when you file your return. Uh, I know for most individuals we do our annual return and most entities uh, in June, for example. So when you file your return in June, uh, you will declare all your earnings, uh, do the tax properly. Then you claim what you paid as an advanced tax with respect to digital service tax. But for non-residents, it's a final tax. So the moment they account for the 1.5%, nothing else will be required of them unless there's any other tax that uh, they're supposed to pay. Thank you very much, Nixon. So we said DST is 1.5% on the gross transactional value. Is there any specific or special way that it is calculated? And more importantly, when is it due? Uh, thank you, Banaala. DST is simply 1.5% of the gross transaction value or what you've earned by providing digital services. And once you've calculated the amount, it is a monthly tax. So at the end of the month, aggregate how much you've earned by providing digital services. Do 1.5%. Maybe if, if I was in a class, I would have said 1.5 divided by 100 times the amount that you have earned. That will be the digital service tax. The law allows you 20 days at least then to remit the amount to the commissioner. That's why the law talks of up to 20th of the month following the month in which you earned the digital service income. So if you're dealing, for example, with the inaugural month, which is January 2021, we expect that all the taxpayers who earned by providing digital services to file their return and pay the digital service tax by 20th of February 2021. So they have from 1st of February up to 20th of February to file and pay. Now we've talked about the technicalities of the tax. What are the advantages and benefits of introducing this digital service tax? A very good question to every Kenyan who wants to ensure that everybody pays their fair share of tax. One, uh, as I've already alluded to, the current taxation regime uh, looks at somebody who is physically present for them to pay taxes. And that means a number of organizations 
who provide digital services to our country, they interact with our economy big time, have not been paying taxes. And not is because they are doing it illegally. No, it is because of the way the laws have been drafted. And this is not just Kenya alone. It is a global issue. If you look at, uh, maybe you can have time and Google the OECD, uh, the, the, the framework on taxation of the digital economy, you'll find almost 127 countries discussing on how they can ensure that they tap into the digital economy and get tax from that economy. So we are also grappling with the same, but Kenya has gone a step ahead to ensure that everybody pay their fair share of tax, everybody contribute to the development of Kenya. So this tax not only uh, ensures that we expand the tax base, get additional revenue, but we are also able to level the playing field. Because ordinarily even now, all the digital service providers in Kenya are paying tax. Why would it be that the local guys are paying while the non-resident or the foreigners are not paying because of the tax laws? It means we are not competing on a level playing field. So this tax is meant to level that playing field and ensure that everybody contributes. And also competition is actually at least fair to everyone. And then the last one I've already explained, it also helps us to expand the tax base, which will lead into increased tax collection to the government. Now, another question that we have received and have also heard in the blog sphere and elsewhere is the question of how will this collection of digital services be done? How will it be done in application? I think you alluded to it earlier uh, for residents of Kenya. They will do it through ITAX and do through their through their taxation process. But can you uh, kindly elaborate on how the collection will, will be done for locals as well as uh, residents, as well as non-residents? A very good question, Mr. Alan. Let me start with the residents. And those who are already within our jurisdiction, or those who are physical presence. For the residents, they are not going to pick an obligation. They are not going to pick the obligation as if it's a new tax. What they'll do, they'll do, uh, they, 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 they will proceed to ITAX. They will go to a payment return and get a return with respect to digital service tax. So they just be doing a payment return the same way we do it for advanced tax and withholding tax, and then remit whatever taxes that have, uh, you know, arisen from the provision of digital services. The advantage with that is, in any month you've not provided any digital service, then you don't need to file a return. So you'll not be penalized for not filing a return. But if it is an obligation, it makes you, you know, it, it's now upon you to make sure you file a return every month. And that is what we are considering for our residents to ease an administrative burden of having to file a return every month, even if you did not make any uh, digital service, uh, you did not provide any digital service. For non-residents, we have enhanced our ITAC system. We have enabled non-residents to apply for a PIN using a mechanism which is also supported by OECD, known as the Simplified Framework. We will not require a lot of documents. Actually, we require two main documents, the TIN, the tax identification number, and the registration certificate in the country of residence. Those are the only documents that we require for you to upload as you register for, 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 for the PIN on ITAX, plus whatever information that you'll be keying in 
which is available on ITAX. Once that is done, the non-residents will have to file a DST return, uh, just like the residents. But now for this, they'll be picking obligations for digital service tax and any other tax that is applicable. So this should be known in summary. For residents, it's a payment return. You don't need to do any further registration. For non-residents, they have to register, obtain a PIN, then account for the digital service tax. And again, uh, this goes without saying that uh, digital service tax is the obligation of the service provider. We are not going to collect the tax through any agent. It is you who is earning the income, who is supposed to do the 1.5% on the gross transaction value and, and remit the same to the commissioner. The laws under the Tax Procedure Act, uh, for the readers, I know Kenyans love reading, you can look it up, section 15A of the Tax Procedure Act, provides that an unresident is allowed to appoint a tax representative who then proceeds and registers and of course also accounts for the digital service tax. So non-residents have options. Register themselves or appoint a tax rep of course in writing to the commissioner uh, to account for the taxes on their behalf. In case somebody does not comply with self-assessment or appointing a tax rep, that is the only time that the commissioner will have no option but to appoint an agent who will basically now collect tax uh, and remit to the commissioner. However, the principle means self-assessment or appoint a tax representative. I was just, in fact, I think you actually read my mind because I've heard that word agent spoke many a time when it comes to the collection of this tax. And uh, thank you for clarifying that, that well, aspect for us. Thank you, Ellen. And maybe just to add that a tax agent is appointed by the commissioner. A tax representative is appointed by the taxpayer himself. Okay. Over the last 23 minutes, we have really delved into the digital service tax. And I think Nixon has really unpacked so many questions out there and really clarified them for us. Now, Nixon, my last question to you before I let you go is probably one of the, the biggest questions out there. And it is the word that I'm sure you've heard many times, double taxation. Kindly. Finally, clarify for us, is DST double taxation? And if not, why not? Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Alan. You know, uh, whenever a tax is being introduced, there's usually the danger of being overtaxed. And as policymakers, we are always alive to the adage uh, by one of the former presidents of the United States that a country cannot tax itself into prosperity. And we know that. And, and if you look at it keenly, for residents, the rate looks minimal. We need to appreciate that, 1.5%. But again, for residents, they, claim, they get to claim the tax. So meaning, it is simply an advanced tax. You will not be double taxed in addition. You will calculate your tax normally. If you fall in the 30% bracket, yes, then claim back the 1.5% that you paid in advance. So for that matter, it is not a double tax. And then for non-residents, it might be a double tax, depending on the jurisdiction and how they, you know, they have structured their tax law. But again, this is a tax on profits. It is not a tax on tax. And then again, why we feel it's not a double tax and it should not lead to increase in the prices of digital 
services is that it's a tax on profits. It's not like VAT or other indirect taxes, which are usually forwarded to the next, uh, you know, buyer in the in the distribution channel. Uh, however, all of us should be alive to the fact that Kenya is a free economy. How somebody decides to structure uh, their pricing is up to them, They're dictated by the forces of demand and supply, unless you are in a sector which is regulated like the oil. Uh, so maybe, maybe not, you might see an increase in prices, but the way DST has been structured, there should not be an increase in prices of items, and there's also no double taxation, unless we are talking about non-residents. And when I look at double taxation, it takes me again to the issue of international agreements. There are agreements where countries agree uh, to alleviate or to reduce the elements of double tax. Where there's a double tax treaty, DST will not apply. But where there's no double tax treaty, of course, there might be the danger of being double taxed. But this will only apply to non-residents without permanent establishments. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much, Nixon, for your clarification on this hot, hot topic this year, which is a digital service tax. Thank you so much for joining us on Tubonga Tax. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, I hope that has now clarified or demystified the many queries on digital service tax that should now make us better taxpayers. Thank you. Wow, that was a truly enlightening episode on the digital service tax. Truly the hottest topic of this 2021. Thank you for listening to Tubonga Tax. Did you know you can use iWhistle to report any tax fraud, bribery, tax evasion, abuse of office, and any other tax-related offense? Well, just log on to iwhistle.kra.go.ke forward slash welcome and report it. For more information, visit the KRA website on www.kra.go.ke. I've been your host, Alan Madoka. Until next time, goodbye.